making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Well, greetings, everyone, and thank you once again for joining us. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today, we will focus on the life and the legacy of Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Yes, this is a topic near and dear to our hearts, certainly. Yes, very. You know, you've heard us talk about Elizabeth Clare Prophet many times in this program. You know, she led the Summit Lighthouse for 45 years, after all. Right. And for all of us who are part of the Summit Lighthouse organization, she was, well, and is, teacher, mentor, messenger, and more. She was many things, to be sure. And you know, over the years, there have been many different pictures painted of her life and her accomplishments. I'll say. But it's not our intention to be apologists here today or rebut anything that's been said or printed in the past that may have presented or not presented a distorted view of Elizabeth Clare Prophet. No, her contributions to spiritual awakening and rebirth throughout this country and around the world speak for themselves. Truly. And let's face it, the world is full of so-called mystics and prophets and spiritual charlatans and would-be saints. Mm -hmm. Some of them have valuable messages to share. Share, but more than a few have rather um, dubious content to offer. <laughs> you know, and in such a crowded field, it can be difficult, to say the least, to separate the proverbial wheat from the chaff. What's that discernment word we were talking about? Discernment, before? yes. You know, speaking of that, Elizabeth Clare Prophet's life was devoted to delivering the teachings of the Ascended Masters to the world and to us. Mm -hmm. And their core message can be summarized simply this way. Master yourself, become God. You know, to elaborate on that just a bit, mm -hmm. within each of us, we carry the spark of divinity. Each of us has the potential to become the Christ, just as Jesus demonstrated. And we also carry personal accountability for our lives, our every thought, word, and deed. Cool. Karma. Uh -huh. <laughs> and our path is one of, of trying to transcend that earthly human plane mm -hmm. and our karma through the self-mastery we talked about and reuniting back with the heart of God. You know, one with God, mm -hmm. just knowing that we can really do this, you know, in fact, that we are intended to do this is both exhilarating and liberating. And to some, a little scary, I think. Oh, I'm more I mean, than you know, a little. You're not kidding. The spiritual freedom represented by the teachings of the Ascended Masters is, well, freeing. And those teachings are universal. You know, Mrs. Prophet and her organization have always recognized and respected the truth at the core of all the world's major religions. Yeah. 
Though unfortunately, many of these original core teachings and beliefs have been lost, forgotten, or distorted over time. Well, that's all the more reason to bring the teachings of the Ascended Masters back to the world. Yep. I mean, these are the saints and sages of all major religions. All. Yep. East and West. Mm -hmm. And their teachings are pure and undiluted by any bias or any agenda of control or manipulation. You know, and that's why Elizabeth Prophet's role as messenger of the Ascended Masters of the Great White Brotherhood is so important. That's right. Quick note, yep. white in the Great White Brotherhood, this is a question we get a lot, Oh yeah, refers to the color of the light, not of anybody's skin. That's right. Thanks, Ross. We certainly don't need any confusion from that point. Nope. You know, back to Elizabeth Prophet and her role as messenger. As we'll hear in our next segment, she did not simply decide one day to begin speaking for the masters. It was a long process of teaching and testing and arduous preparation. And again, we want to emphasize the teachings of the Ascended Masters are meant for all who want to know who you are, mm -hmm. why you're here, where you're going, <laughs> and how to get there. Recognize those, Tom? Oh, yeah. These are the four fundamental questions that the Ascended You know, and these are the truths that the world yearns to know, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And because these truths are, as we've said, so liberating, there is significant opposition or energy against them. Yeah. Now, why? Because they place the accountability for our salvation squarely back in our own laps. <laughs> now, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Ooh, I'll say. You know, authority isn't given over to others to control and direct our spiritual striving. You know, we must master ourselves in order to successfully graduate. And to help ensure our graduation, the Ascended Masters have given us practical tools that we can use right now to pass those final exams. You know, the violet flame, the tube of light, other things we've talked about. Absolutely. And this is what Elizabeth Clare Prophet has brought to us. Teachings and practical tools for our spiritual victory. This is her legacy. And a great one it is. Oh. How can anyone quantify or put a price on something that is just so vital to our beings and our souls? Elizabeth Clare Prophet was a champion of spiritual victory for you and me and everybody else who wants it. You know, and it, it, it's, th this is hard to comprehend, but the amount of time and energy she devoted to her life's work, I mean, it's almost impossible to measure. Mm -hmm. She led a global spiritual organization, authored 50 books, prepared and delivered thousands of lectures and presentations around the world, and brought forth more than 2,000 dictations from the Ascended Masters. You know, it would seem a virtual impossibility to do all this and have any semblance of a normal life. Well, but yet she had five children. Wow. She found a husband, found time to travel a bit, enjoyed a night out, a special meal, a movie from time to time. In other words, she was a normal human being with an extraordinary gift to give to the world. You know, we've asked our good friend Terry Kennedy to read a little something we've prepared to honor Elizabeth Clara Prophet. Let's hear that now. Prophet, teacher, mother, author, leader, visionary, modern-day mystic, pioneer. Elizabeth Clara Prophet was one of the leaders of the New Age spirituality movement. She inspired thousands around the world to walk a spiritual path that is both practical and profound. By her example, she demonstrated the role of a true mystic in the modern world. Elizabeth grew up in Red Bank, New Jersey, the only child of German immigrants. Since early childhood, she sought ways to serve both man and God. She moved from church to church, seeking to find a deeper communion with God, until, at age nine, she found the Christian Science Church 
and became an ardent follower of that path. As a teenager, Elizabeth continued to seek God's counsel and guidance. The story of her early years are captured in her memoir, In My Own Words. After graduating from high school, Elizabeth attended Antioch College. While there, she spent a year of work-study serving at the United Nations. She later transferred to Boston College, where she majored in political science. It was in Boston that Elizabeth Clare Prophet experienced a life-transforming event that revealed her destiny and would shape her life's work. She met Mark L. Prophet. In that moment, she began to realize the depth of the inner training she had received and a vision of what was to come. She made a life-changing decision to work with Mark, delivering the teachings of self-transformation from the Ascended Masters to the world. As the Ascended Masters worked to elevate the consciousness of the planet, so would she. In 1963, Elizabeth married Mark, and they worked together tirelessly to share the teachings of the Ascended Masters with the world. Mark and Elizabeth had four children while growing their organization, the Summit Lighthouse. A fifth child would come later. Several hundred followers soon became many thousands worldwide. And during that time, Elizabeth grew rapidly in her role as messenger of God's Word and work. Mark Prophet passed on in 1973, and Elizabeth Clare Prophet began her tenure as one of the world's longest-serving and most influential spiritual leaders. The mission they had shared through the Summit Lighthouse became her own. In serving this mission, she was determined, tireless, and courageous. Never afraid to tackle the most important issues of the day, she spoke forcefully on the evils of abortion and passionately on the sanctity of life. She shared Ascended Master views on many contemporary world issues, in particular Defense of America and the Four Sacred Freedoms. Elizabeth Clare Prophet was a voice crying in the wilderness. True to her name, she was a prophet leading the coming revolution in higher consciousness. She fought battle after battle, one eye on God and one eye on the age-old struggle within the human heart of good versus evil. Through her many books, lectures, and conferences, she galvanized spiritual seekers, leaders, and mystics from all nations and religions. With others, like Yogananda, Ramakrishna, and the Dalai Lama, she outlined a path of soul liberation, a way back to the heart of God. Charismatic and controversial, Elizabeth Clare Prophet touched millions around the globe. The teachings she shared were tools that anyone could use. She taught people how to harness the power of the spoken word and the violet flame to transmute karma. She articulated the path of personal Christhood. On October 15, 2009, at the age of 70, Elizabeth Clare Prophet returned to the heart of God a place she never truly left. Though physically gone, her legacy endures. Through her love of God, family, country, and spiritual seekers everywhere, Elizabeth Clare Prophet changed the world and is still changing it today. She was indeed prophet, teacher, mother, author, leader, visionary, modern-day mystic, and pioneer. 
You know, thank you, Terry. That was very good. One of the things that we talked about um, before we were doing the show was some of the personal experiences that we have had. And I remember one of my first ones. It was I was a very small boy when I first met Elizabeth Clare Prophet. It was at a public event, and she gave a very long Sunday service. Uh, it was hours and hours, it was 10 hours or a public event, and then still had the time, energy, concentration, and the <laughs> desire to talk to almost every one of the children and the parents. And I, I can't imagine the number of hours that she put through. That was very impressive to a small boy who all he wanted to do was go to sleep. <laughs> you know, we mentioned that mentioned the book uh, in my own words. Yeah. Um, you can get a copy of this book, which is an awesome book either by going to Amazon and searching for it uh, in the Kindle store, mm-hmm. uh, but you can go to our bookstore at tsl.org forward slash 7002 and get your copy there. It's a great book. Yeah, indeed. I agree with that. And, you know, bottom line, Elizabeth Prophet was a remarkable individual and one whose example and inspiration have made an indelible mark on the lives of many thousands of spiritual seekers all over the world. You know, and when we return, we're going to hear Elizabeth Clare Prophet speak of her own spiritual journey mm-hmm. and what she went through to accept the invitation of the Ascended Masters to become their messenger. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, everyone. Um, 
I'm sure it must be quite evident to our listeners that we hold in our hearts a great deal of love, admiration, and reverence for Elizabeth Clare Prophet. You know, and we should also point out, Tom, that the personal decision that each of us made to listen, understand, and to follow what Mrs. Prophet taught was a decision born of free will. You know, exactly. And we have freely chosen our paths, and we respect the paths others have chosen that are different than ours. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's free will. You know, <laughs> and just as we had the choice of whether or not to follow, so too did Elizabeth Prophet have the choice to follow that invitation that she was given by the Ascended Masters. You know, personally, I find it hard to imagine what that process must have been like. I mean, you talk about a leap of faith. Yeah, a big <laughs> leap. I mean, well, let's hear what it was like from Mrs. Prophet herself. At the age of 18, I was going off to college, leaving my home in New Jersey. And I prayed a prayer to God and said, if there's anything you've placed in my home of which I've not availed myself, please tell me. I'm leaving now. I'm expressing my gratitude for my parents and everything that has been done for me, but I won't be coming back. I wanted to be sure that I definitely had not missed anything, any clues to my divine plan that I had to know about. And God spoke to me and said to me to take a certain book off the shelf in my mother's library and to read it. And I had seen that book since I was tiny. And the book always had a presence and an aura that frightened me. It seemed that it was so intense that I was afraid to take it off the shelf. And I would walk around it and look at it and then tiptoe away. So this day, I had to be obedient to that because I had made the prayer and God had answered. So I could do nothing else but take the book off the shelf, open it up, and I saw the face of Saint Germain. And that face became alive and quickened by his presence. The spark went through my being. I leapt. I couldn't believe that I had found this master whom I recognized instantly. And I ran to show the picture to my mother and I said, here is Saint Germain. I know him. I've got to find him. I know I have a mission that has to do with him. So she said she knew him, but she didn't tell me about him before because I should find him for myself. Well, I set out to find St. Germain for myself, and it took me five years to find him, even though I would walk and talk with him and Jesus every day. And I thought to myself, there must be really something wrong with you that you are not finding this master. Because I knew when the pupil was ready, the teacher appears. So what could I do to get ready? I would pray. I would do everything I knew how to do. And I realized that the key to meeting the master had to be obedience. So I decided to listen to the voice of God within with all my heart and to respond to that voice and to obey immediately. And I thought as one thing would lead to another, if I would always obey the voice of God, I would get nearer to him and to the master. At this point, I wasn't even aware that there was such a thing as a twin flame. And I had a one-pointed goal in mind, and that was to find the teacher. The teacher who would give to me what I could not receive directly from the octaves of light. I received a lot from Jesus and Saint Germain, but there were things I had to be taught. And our karma gives us a certain spiritual blindness. So we do not see in ourselves what the teacher points out to us needs correcting. So in 1961, by a long circuitous route, I had found students of the Ascended Masters in Boston. They invited me to a meeting and told me that a man by the name of Mark Prophet, who was a messenger for the Great White Brotherhood, was coming to town to give a lecture and a dictation. 
and I leapt. I was so excited about such an event that I should hear a dictation from the Ascended Masters. And as I entered that room and I sat in my seat that night, and I looked up at him, he was sitting at the altar in meditation. And he opened his eyes and looked at me, and I looked into those eyes, and I found the pair of eyes that I had been seeking my entire life. Those eyes spoke to my soul, and I knew that I had found my teacher and the one that was going to quicken in me the divine memory, what I had to do in this life, how I was going to do it, the teaching I needed to know, and the self-mastery of my being. Before the service started, I then closed my eyes, and he took me in meditation to the higher octaves, and I saw the whole world filled with daisies in the field. And these daisies were the faces of souls, souls who had forgotten where they had come from, who were of God but needed to be quickened. And I knew that I had to go and find every single one of them and give to them the teaching that would remind them of who they were and where they came from. So I knew I had to be a student before I could be a teacher. And so, not long after that, Elmoria appeared to me in a park in Boston, stood before me in his intense reality of the sternness and fiery presence of the Ascended Master, and he simply looked at me and said, I have need of a feminine messenger. Go to Washington, and I will train you through Mark Prophet. And with that, he transferred to me a fiery coil of light and was gone. So my path and course were set. But that night that I met Mark Prophet, he delivered a dictation from Archangel Michael, which liberated me and cut me free. I knew to fulfill my divine plan, and I felt the light and the empowerment of it. The next thing that happened is that some time later, Mark informed me that we were twin flames. And it was almost an oddity to me that here I have found my teacher, and now he is telling me he is my twin flame. And so I thought, the cosmos is going to have to give me truth the proof of this information. So I called to Elmoria and I said, I would like to have proof and evidence of this which I am being told. And so I made that call and went about my business. And by and by, one day, I looked into the mirror as I was getting ready to go to school. And into that mirror, I saw the face, not of myself, but of the Holy Christ self of Mark Prophet himself in that exalted image. And it was such a shocking experience because I saw my own inner Christ self and I saw that he was the mirror image of it. And this affected me profoundly to the core of my being. I had the inner proof that we were actually one at the highest levels of our being. So what happened was is that I went to be trained as a messenger. Mark told me he would not be on earth very long, but he was here to do that very thing, to train me so that the mantle of prophecy could be passed and the teachings would go on. He stayed with me longer than he said he would. He stayed for 12 years. We were married and we had four children. 
And suddenly in 1973, he took his leave of this world. He passed on suddenly. And a number of days later, I saw at inner levels his reunion with his I Am Presence and his ascension. So I am one of you here whose twin flame is ascended. And I can tell you that the most influential person in many lifetimes, probably since I knew Jesus Christ, was Mark Prophet. He was the most spiritual man I have ever known in this life. He was profoundly and deeply one with God, had a profound compassion, and knew the mysteries as they were part of him. He was a wonderful teacher, and he truly knew how to tutor and refine my soul to re give me the disciplines and the initiations that came from the masters. So after his thorough training and El Moria's thorough training, St. Germain received me, and I knelt before him, and he placed upon me the mantle of messenger of the Great White Brotherhood. It's really amazing hearing that, um, that from such humble beginnings, Elizabeth Prophet became one of the most recognized, recognizable, and charismatic female religious leaders of her time. And surprise, it took a lot of hard work. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can hear just the tip of the iceberg there. Mm -hmm. Well, when we come back, we will be joined by our good friend, Sidney Bennett, for some lively Q&A on the subject of Elizabeth Clare Prophet, Messenger. Please stay with us. online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology 
and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, as promised, and joining us once again is our friend, Sydney Bennett. Hello, Sydney. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Sydney. Well, you know, let's just dive right in here. Uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet was a messenger of the Ascended Masters in the Great Bright, <laughs> the Great White Brotherhood. So what exactly is a messenger? Well, you know, it's kind of a bold claim when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. And I got to tell you a quick story. When I was about 14 years old, and of course knew nothing about the teachings of the Ascended Masters, uh, my father used to subscribe to a magazine called Fate Magazine, which had mm-hmm. kind of lots of interesting, kind of bizarre <laughs> things in it. But the Summer Lighthouse used to have an ad in that magazine. Uh-huh. And I remember opening up that magazine at 14 and looking at this picture of, of Mrs. Prophet and Mark Prophet and this you know, message of the Great White Brotherhood. And the first thought I was, who do these people think they are? You know, <laughs> you know this, this kind of you know, claiming their messengers and so forth. Yeah. And it's interesting that I responded and I remembered that. And many years later, when I first encountered the teachings of the Ascended Masters, you know, I did um, need a, a t- time to understand the concept mm-hmm. of the messenger and what it means. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I can just tell you, share my perspective on it. But messenger, being a messenger is like an office. You know, the President of the United States has an office. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, there's one president now, but there's been many presidents, mm-hmm. different people to fill the office. And that's true with the office of messenger. There have been other messengers besides Mark Prophet and Elizabeth Clara Prophet. Um, example, Guy and Edna Ballard from mm-hmm. the IM movement in the mm-hmm. early 30s were messengers of the Great White Brotherhood. And so you think of it in terms not as the messenger, but a messenger, first of all. So it's an office, it's a mantle that someone wears. It's a level of sponsorship from God and from the Ascended Masters to be their instrument. And so a messenger is, is chosen, is anointed, is trained, is blessed, and then becomes a spokesperson, if you will, for the teachings of the Ascended Masters. And there's much more that goes on at inner levels and spiritual levels than I'm sure we can ever understand. Mm-hmm. But it's important to recognize that this is an office that a person holds. And it's, you know, in the book of Revelation, talk about the two witnesses. Mm-hmm. And there's been two messengers with Mark and Prophet, Guy and Edna Ballard, going back to the 30s, as being representative of the two witnesses that would bring the truth in the final days. Mm-hmm. Oh, what exactly does the messenger do? I mean, that's part of the, that question. Is it, do they all function the same way? Well, you know, I don't know exactly the function the same way, but they have basic responsibilities. And one of the things that the messenger does, because she carries a mantle of light mm-hmm. that is given, like when the Pope becomes Pope, he gets the mantle of Pope, so to speak. And I don't know the spiritual mantle and so forth, but there's an outer mantle. The messenger of God has a mantle. It's like the prophets of old. They have a mantle that they wear, and therefore they have a light and a sponsorship from God that someone that doesn't have that mantle doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And one of the first jobs that a messenger does was to hold, is to hold a balance of light in their hearts. There must always be an equation of light and darkness being balanced on the earth for the earth to mm-hmm. continue. And, of course, Jesus held that balance for thousands of years. Uh, the prophets held that balance for us. Mrs. Prophet, that was one of her main tasks, was to hold that balance of light in the earth. And, of course, we're called on now 
in our own way to hold whatever we can mm-hmm. now that she's gone on to higher realms. Yeah. So isn't it going to, it seems kind of confusing at times though, people look at two messengers and they say, well, how does this work? You know, does the signal split or, you know, what, <laughs> yeah. what's the process of doing that? And so uh, how can we help people understand that? Well, I think that um, even though they have Mark Prophet and Elizabeth Claire Prophet both had the mantle of messenger. By the way, I want to add here that Mark Prophet's name was actually Prophet. It was not something that he took upon himself <laughs> and said, I'm going to be a prophet. That was his birth name. It wasn't, wasn't changed to the DMV or anything, no, right? Yeah. A, so it's kind of interesting. So people think Elizabeth Claire Prophet, you know, and they, they think that name was assumed, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it was Mark's real name. Uh, now, what was the question? This <laughs> is <laughs> how does the, the two messengers at once work? Right. Well, you know, uh, the, the prophet is subject unto the prophet, so to speak. And in other words, both of them bring their own spiritual attainment, their own spiritual personalities, their own skill sets. And the masters use those to be able to for certain functions and so forth. And so when Mark Prophet was still an embodiment, you know, he would give dictations, Elizabeth would give dictations, depending on what was the appropriate vehicle for do that. And Mark was very different in his messengership mm-hmm. than Mrs. Prophet was. And so even though it's the same office, people bring different things to it. Almost, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense when you look at the concept of the yin and yang and the tai chi and alpha and omega, that having two messengers, one male and one female, almost completes the cycle in a way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. You know, I'm I'm thinking in a little bit different tack here about how the messengers operate in the world. Um, we know that um, prophets have been persecuted. Uh, certain avatars have been persecuted. Um, over time, it, has it been a common experience of messengers to be persecuted? And if so, why? Well, I think you you just have to have to look at the history of the Old Testament and the New Testament and and the spiritual mystics throughout the ages because they bring such a controversial to the time perhaps message and bring such a powerful truth that those that don't want to hear the truth are threatened by it. Mm-hmm. And very often it's misunderstood. I mean, one of my favorite ones is St. John of the Cross who brought forth this mm-hmm. living flame of love teaching that is so profound oh, and yeah. deep. And what happened to him is his own order put him in prison and twice a week, they'd bring him out to the dining hall, and they'd take turns whipping him. <laughs> and, you know, it's, this, is, this was his reward for being so spiritual, so to speak. So the light that the messengers or prophets bring is always a challenge to the status quo. Mm-hmm. And those that have controlled and tried to manipulate us throughout the ages don't like it, because this is a soul liberation message. Mm-hmm. And it's also tough to play a small room like that, too. <laughs> you know, besides being a messenger and a teacher, Elizabeth Clare Prophet's followers also consider her to be, and this is an interesting word, a guru. And why is, what is a guru in, in a chila, and why is having that relationship so important to your spiritual path? Well, you know, you hear the word guru today, and you think of these, the Maharishi and other mm-hmm. people, perhaps, that, that mm-hmm. don't necessarily um, wear the true mantle of guru. And so there's an association with them. This, again, who does this person think she is, calls mm-hmm. herself a guru? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, she never called herself a guru. It was the Ascended Masters. And I want to, before I go into that a little bit, I want to make out a point here that when Mrs. Prophet came to embodiment, she came with a lot of karma. She was no different than many of us mm-hmm. in terms of she had, a, had to balance her karma to be a chila or, a, or a, a disciple on the path, just like anyone else. And so you think, well, she should be perfect. Well, she wasn't perfect. She had her karma. She had her human personality. She had her upbringing, all the things that go into make any other human being. And what she had to do was try to reconcile that with this incredible mantle and light that she carried. And that was not an easy task. And so people will look for the outer of the human and make judgments about Mrs. Prophet because she made human mistakes like we all do. And that, that is a tendency to do that. But in understanding the role of the guru, you must look past the human personality, the human karma, and the human mistakes. And again, the guru is a mantle 
that uh, an individual can wear. Jesus was a guru. Mm -hmm. was a, you can look at it, think of it as the master-disciple relationship, the mm -hmm. teacher-student. And the guru teaches the student. But it goes beyond that. It's not just conveying a teaching. It's conveying light and what we call initiation. In the Hindu tradition, there is a guru and a teacher. Mm -hmm. And the guru initiates the chila, as they call them in the Hindu tradition, on the path of spirituality and to come up higher. It gives him tests and things to do. And also gives him a light and a sponsorship with the individual would not have if they were just on their own. Um, well, what must the chila or disciple do to be accepted by a guru? Uh, is acceptance automatic? Well, um, you know, that's an interesting thought. You think, well, I, I have good intentions, therefore, mm -hmm. you know, I should be accepted mm -hmm. by Jesus as his disciple. And in, at a certain level, you can, because you can follow their teachings and practice the teachings. But there comes a point, and it's a spiritual point, when the guru accepts the chila, mm -hmm. or the master accepts the disciple. And it's a different place than just studying and following the teachings. Because there is an interaction, there is a relationship created between the master and the disciple that is so profound and so deep and so real that it's not given easily. Because when a, a guru or a master takes on a disciple, they take on their karma as well. Yeah. And so they're impacted by what we do. So these great teachers don't take on people lightly. They have, mm -hmm. We have to prove ourselves. We have to pass many tests. We have to live like a disciple of Jesus if we want to be actually the chila of Jesus. How do we know when we're done? <laughs> <laughs> well, I th you're never done. You're never done. I mean, the right. Ascended Masters are not done. Right, they have right. their gurus, mm -hmm. too, and they're always learning and growing. And, <laughs> you know, you just have to trust that God will show you and speak to your heart. But this is a path of discipline. It's a path of surrender, sacrifice, service, selflessness. selflessness. It's a path that we walk. Is there any point in time in that relationship where it is expected that the student or the chila will transcend the guru or the master? Well, of course. I mean, why did Jesus say, greater things than I do, you will do also? I mean, that, mm -hmm. I could never figure that out. How in the world can we do something greater than Jesus? Mm -hmm. Well, the point is that the student is intended to transcend mm -hmm. the master at a certain point in terms, will always be the chila of the guru, so to speak, but we are expected to come up higher and do greater things. Mm -hmm. And how do we do greater things of Jesus? by simply becoming the Christ like Jesus was yeah. and letting God work through us. You know, one another example of the guru-chila relationship that I'm thinking about as we're talking here is the, the concept of, you know, the, the master and the disciple in martial arts. And many, many times, somebody who is a master of, you know, of, of a particular style will be looking for that student. Mm -hmm. And that student is the one who has the potential to become much greater than they are. And it's their job to teach that student everything that they know and give them that push upwards. Right. You know, that whole concept. I mean, mm -hmm. we also knew that and, and know that Elizabeth Clare Prophet was sponsored by the Ascended Masters. Now, that's an interesting concept because she told us many times while she was here that we should carry on. In other words, it would be our responsibility to become our own Guru Chila relationship. Um, does that mean we're sponsored? And what does that mean? Well, sponsorship is absolutely crucial for a soul on the spiritual path because we have karma. And candidly, the karma that we carry precludes us from a certain spiritual connection or, or, or attainment. By getting the sponsorship <clears throat> excuse me, of the Ascended Masters, we, they can sort of lift us to a higher level than we would have been otherwise. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they're going to carry us home, but it means we have the opportunity mm -hmm. to carry more light, to demonstrate that mastery, and to balance our karma. It's, it's a great opportunity to be sponsored. And yes, we can be sponsored individually. We have to apply for it and ask for it, mm -hmm. but we can be. And Mrs. Prophet was sponsored. She would be the first to say there was no way she could have done anything she did 
without the sponsorship of the Ascended Masters. Mm -hmm. You know, when we make that petition to the Ascended Masters, um, and again, I may not have this exactly right, but we are petitioning the Great White Brotherhood, are we not? Right. Who exactly is the Great White Brotherhood? Well, the Great White Brotherhood is essentially the, the hosts of Ascended Masters and Saints of all ages that have gone on, made their reunion with God, it includes many of the angelic realm, and all those that serve the throne of God. And again, I'll reiterate, this has nothing to do with race. You know, we have a very active and, and large church in, in Africa. It, it just refers to the light and the auras mm-hmm. of those that have, reu- mm-hmm. have been reunited with God. Yeah. So why do you believe that we can rely on the accuracy? I mean, I know we can, but why, why is it empirically that we can rely on the accuracy of the dictations given by Mrs. Prophet? Well, you know, Rush, you made a good point, I think, earlier on in the program when you said, you know, how, there's a lot of people out there claiming to be messengers, masters, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. how do you discern the truth from the not truth? Because there are a lot of false teachings and even well-intentioned people. That are bringing forth false teachings. Now, they're not all bad people necessarily. But what you have to go to is the ask God to give you that clarity and that mm-hmm. understanding. When I first heard the dictation, the teachings of the Senate Masters, I didn't understand what was going on. I mean, I was pretty <laughs> clueless. But I have to tell you, I recognized the vibration. I said, there's, right. there's something, there's mm-hmm. truth in this. I felt an inner confirmation in my being. And so even though I didn't understand the outer part of it, I said, I've got to find out more because mm-hmm. there's something in me. That, that, that responds to this and, and is real. You know, uh, well, I looked at my life and it, it, it seemed like a, almost a bizarre kind of crazy quilt. And when, when these teachings found me and I embraced them, it's as if it all made sense suddenly. Everything kind of coalesced into a picture that I could recognize. Mm-hmm. And I saw myself in my soul's pathway very clearly. Well, you know, Mrs. Prophet says she didn't come to teach us. She came to remind us. Remind us, yeah. Of what we right. really knew at the deepest part mm-hmm. in her levels. Which is yeah. one of those things about being a prophet is warning and reminding. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with me in, in a way. Uh, you know, my parents always told me you should believe, you should believe, you should. Basically, what they said is you should suspend disbelief. Yeah, <laughs> and believe. Right. And it never made sense to me until you know I went away for a while and I lived enough life that all of a sudden something that my mother reminded me of in the teachings of the ascended masters was the perfect answer for a question that I had felt as deep as I could in my body. And so I began to, I had a, something to hang it on, in other words. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that thing where people encounter the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and there's that energy, that light, that, that rightness that they instantly recognize. You know, that's, that's very true, Ross. And there's a lot of people that I, I've known that have come to the teachings of the Ascended Masters and known they were true, and yet they don't follow them. And, and yeah. why don't they? Yeah. It's because it's too powerful. They don't have enough desire to mm-hmm. really know the truth. When you ask mm-hmm. God, and I ask God as a teenager, God, I want to know the truth. And when you make that fiat, then when it comes to you, the truth is, you know, it's pretty sobering. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it requires change. It requires work. It requires effort. And I was thrilled because I wanted a path. But not everybody wants one. So if you want a path and you know that's out there and this is the hour to follow it, this is what worked for me because, you know, again, mm-hmm. it brought so much truth, illumination, but it also brought sponsorship as I pursued this path. Yeah, that's important. Now, we've got to take a break here. It's always hard to go to one. It is. <laughs> but when we return, we'll continue our discussion of Elizabeth Clare Prophet and the related topics with Sidney Bennett. Thank you. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? 
These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, we are back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of our messenger, Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Now, I wanted to um, go back to something you said just at the end of the last segment, Sid, about the um, level of accountability, personal accountability and responsibility that we recognize when, when these teachings become evident to our minds, our hearts, our souls. And I remember reading in uh, one of the books, I think it was Climb the Highest Mountain, but I'm sure it is also elsewhere, that these are the kind of teachings that are sweet on the tongue, but bitter in the belly. And it's at some point you realize, oh my gosh, I can't unknow what I now know. Uh, and the accountability becomes even more evident to us. You want to expand on that a bit? Well, sure. You know, I, I, like many people, I was a spiritual seeker when I was a teenager and, I, and, and looking for the answers and so forth. And I ran into many other people that were spiritual seekers. And there's two kinds of that. There's ones that want to know the truth and ones that want to spend the rest of their life seeking because it's interesting. <laughs> you know, they find something student, different. Yeah. What's, what's the new flavor of the month? Yeah. And if you're truly sincere and you ask God, you know, you will receive the truth mm-hmm. and you will find it. Mm-hmm. But then what do you do? Because, as you said, you can't unknow the truth. Yeah. And there is an accountability that comes with this. You know, there's, in the Bible it says many are called, but few are chosen. What it really means is many are called, but few choose uh, to be. In other words, uh. it takes a conscious decision. It takes courage to face your karma, your, your life, your accountability, realize you need to change. But it's the, it's the sacred adventure. It's mm-hmm. the greatest thing in the world. If, you know, turning back to God and the adventure of returning home. But it takes, it takes courage. It takes guts. And I, you know, I've got to say one thing about Elizabeth Kerr Prophet that I saw over the many years I, I was a, her follower and student. 
was her courage yeah. to speak this truth. I mean, wow. she challenged Christian orthodoxy as a very core, <laughs> the say. lie of original sin uh-huh. and the mm-hmm. lie of there's only one son of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, takes... you don't do that without getting a reaction. No, certainly not. And actually, that, that brings up another question in my mind. Um, and I know that you, uh, Ross, and you, Sid, have known Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one of those that came to the teachings uh, late, I guess you could say. At least I never met her. Right. I never had the experience of knowing her live. You just talked about her courage. Can you expand on your personal view of her from your experience? And Ross, weigh in on this too. Well, I think everyone you know, has a different experience uh, through the teachings of the Ascended Masters. But I can speak you know, before God and man that without a personage like Mrs. Prophet to give mm-hmm. that teaching and that instruction, sometimes on a very personal level, I know I couldn't have being where I am today, wherever that is. In mm-hmm. other words, mm-hmm. I, it was absolutely key to my live stream to have that. And of course, we have it through the videos and the teaching so that people can still avail themselves of that. But it went beyond that, understanding the personal sacrifice and what she had to do mm-hmm. to bring forth these teachings. People think, you know, well, you know, if you get the gift, you just go out and do it. And <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, we said earlier. The, the, the forces of opposition to this light coming forth were as great as the forces against the true teaching of Jesus. And right. she had to personally overcome those. At the same time, she was holding this spiritual balance because of her role as messenger. Wow. Incredible soul. And, mm-hmm. and one that I recognize as my teacher, as one that made mistakes in this world, and yet uh, brought such a great light and such illumination that all can, can feast at the banquet, yeah. so to speak. Mm, wow. Well, you know, my, my experience with her started at a very early age, and I was uh, part of the school, Montessori International, and so um, some of my experiences were of a, how should we say, <laughs> bringing me into alignment nature. Yeah, right. Um, but she was always completely you? fair. Oh, yeah. No, um, <laughs> me? Troubles? No. <laughs> um, some of my teachers out there are laughing. Uh, you know who you are. I just say the skateboards. <laughs> um, one of the things that I remember very clearly about her as I grew up was that I began to recognize a quality which, in my time in the service, um, I expanded upon and I truly appreciated her for. She was a leader. Mm-hmm. She wasn't an administrator. She wasn't just a nice person. She knew how to get things done and to lead people and to inspire them to do far more than they actually thought they could do themselves. And I had some great leaders in the service and in industry, et cetera, but none who took the care and the time and mm-hmm. the energy to make sure that things got done. And that was one of the things that I just enjoyed and appreciated about her the very most, even if I accidentally got in the way of it and had to adjust myself, <laughs> which happened, accidentally. That's right, it happened yeah. several times. <laughs> but it was just one of those qualities that I could admire her, uh, not just her physical form, but also her soul for, much in the way that Sid was talking about. You know, in spite of her role and all of her stellar accomplishments, Mrs. Prophet really considered herself, first and foremost, simply a devotee of God Mm -hmm. and a servant to her followers. Um, Didn't she? I mean, in the concept of servant leadership? Absolutely. And and those that knew her realized how humble she was Mm -hmm. and that she considered herself a student, considered herself a student of the Ascended Masters, just Mm -hmm. that we are. And one of the things that she was continually teaching was to beware of idolatry. If there's something that she wanted no part was of was anyone having an idolatrous attitude or concept toward us, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's a violation of the Ten Commandments, you know, mm-hmm. have no idols before me. And so people would like to have someone that they can think is perfect or knows all the answers, but Mrs. Prophet was a demonstration of the, 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 the sacrifice, surrender, the chileships, the disciple nature of her being for mm-hmm. all of us to follow. 
and she would never want us to ever have that idolatrous attitude towards her because she didn't have it towards herself. She knew she had a job to do, and she did the best she could. You know, um, you, you mentioned this a couple of different times. Uh, the fact that she she taught the Ascended Masters teach that we are not here to perfect the human. We're here mm -hmm. to become the divine, and she, in her humble service, this selfless service was an example of that. And I understand from people who have told me this, that she could be almost merciless in rooting out any of that idolatry if she saw any evidence of it mm -hmm. at all. Oh, absolutely. You know? Because she knew that idolatry is the death of the soul. Yeah. You know, you can't pursue that path. And, mm -hmm. you know, for those of us who had the privilege of, of interacting directly with her, I can tell you one experience I had where I was, had the opportunity to recognize some of my shortcomings, so to speak. <laughs> and, and the next day after that, she called me up and she told me this particular master had a message for me and, and told me something about my, my psychology, my spiritual psychology, as well as my human psychology, that once I heard it was so obvious to me, and yet I was so blind to it. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, no one else could have told me that on this planet. It was, it was liberating. And that's something I can't forget, the gift that I had through that. Oh, wow. You know, one of the things that, that really impressed me as a, as a young man was I, I got a chance to meet her at what we used to call the ashram of the World Mother, which was this wonderful uh, property that we had in central Los Angeles, I think it was. And this was, a very, this was a state occasion. You know, we dressed up, my mother was with me, the whole thing, and it was a very formal occasion. Well, unfortunately, we had to wait for a while, and they turned me loose in the backyard, <laughs> which had some wonderful cypress trees. Uh, mm. And I got covered with pitch <laughs> with all my good clothes and came in. And uh, there was a lot of fussing going on until I, I actually met her. And she, it was a very, this is a very momentous occasion because you didn't get a chance to meet Elizabeth Kerr Prophet one-to-one. Um, and she looked at my outfit, and she looked at me, and she, she got down on one knee because I was fairly small. And she said, you know, I climbed that tree too. I really like that tree. <laughs> she just won the heart of a small boy forever because it was like she could she could be this momentous, wonderful person with you know all of heaven behind her and and all that expression, and yet still she could climb a tree. Oh, it was just yeah. a wonderful mix uh, in in one person. Well, that that human personality that that part of her was very much like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we're mm -hmm. we're not separate or, or unusual, or she wasn't certainly. But um, that brings up another point about her human nature. Um, it's not well known to many, but all her life, Mrs. Prophet suffered from epilepsy. And in later life, Alzheimer's syndrome. You know, while it seems somewhat contradictory to her role that she would suffer so, what is the correct way to view these afflictions? Well, first of all, you know... Every, every great saint and teacher typically had some cross to bear, very often physically. And Mrs. Prophet explained this was to sort of keep people humble, so to speak, and keep them tied to the world and the pain of others. So mm -hmm. the fact that Mrs. Prophet had these challenges can be looked at as in that context, but there's a second way to look at it. And that is the role of the messenger that I mentioned before, which was to hold a certain balance of light for mm -hmm. the planet. In other words, that balance must be held. The buck must stop somewhere, mm -hmm. and that person must be in physical embodiment. Mm -hmm. And that was Mrs. Prophet. And by holding that balance of light, you also take on world karma. You have your personal karma. At a certain point, she balanced all of her personal karma. But then she took on world karma. I think she was like Jesus, but she did some of the things that Jesus did, like we are meant to do as well. Exactly. And so I personally believe that this, uh, the Alzheimer's and the things, she lived a very long time with Alzheimer's. She was bearing, if you will... Uh, this, the weight of the world, the karma of the world in her physical body. You know, greater love hath no mm -hmm. man yeah. and lay down his life for another. And I firmly believe that. You look at the outer things, well, she's a woman that got Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. But there's always a spiritual core to these things. Because of her role as messenger, teacher, prophet, and so forth, 
she was asked to do extra. And this is true love. It's that separation of the physical and the spiritual bodies, you know? So um, before, let's see, we need to go ahead and finish up. That's all the time that we really have this week. We're getting close to it, I know. I want to thank Sidney, as always, for his wisdom and insight, and to all of you for tuning in. Please join us again next week when our topic will be Mystery Schools. That sounds mysterious. for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.